0: In this episode of the QEH podcast, we're talking to Pip Hockenhull, Director of Drama, and Russ Cope, Theatre Tech Manager at QEH. They're going to explain to us how they got into drama and theatre, why it's so important for the children, what their favourite productions have been at school, and what some of the great productions are that families can go and see during the school holidays. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we hear from Pip Hockenhull and Russ Cope. And Russ, thank you for both for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today?
1: yeah, great thank you
0: and Pip, just tell us a little bit about how your day is looking today what 's going on in your world?
1: just um had a year seven class doing a bit of Greek tragedy with them, so they 've just all been murdering the corrupt politicians in power and uh, putting putting equally more corrupt ones back on back in power so we 've just been exploring the kind of the nature of power and um, looking at Greek chorus today.
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you for that. And Russ, tell me how your day is looking so far today. Uh,
2: okay, we've, uh, before Pip's lesson, we teched, dressed, and recorded a year 12 exam for that we couldn't do before half term due to uh, COVID illness. Um, you know, such is life these days that we end up shuffling things around a bit so we sandwiched in a practical exam where there would normally be a lesson and then back to normal lessons for the rest of the day so a fun Mm. morning with lights and sound Mm. so
0: one of you with the year sevens i think you said and one of you with the year 12s kind of very very different ages i'm sure you don't have uh, a favorite sort of pupils at all but what's your favorite year group to teach in school or or to work with at least both of you
2: Uh, Well, I work in drama with uh, Year 7s and with music technology uh, Year 12s and 13s. The 12s and 13s are kind of exciting from a technical point of view because you can push really hard, but by far the most fun are the Year 7s in drama. Um, The curriculum that Pip has developed is very much about building their confidence and them enjoying drama whilst picking up lots of skills and learning a lot about theatre history and all sorts of other things. And in doing that, you can have an awful lot of fun. So I would say without a shadow of a doubt, Year 7 are the most fun.
1: Yeah, there's never a dull moment with the Year 7 class. Yeah, I would agree. And I think what I think probably a lot of secondary school teachers might agree with me, says this, it's the variety. It's fantastic, like you say, to have a load of year sevens who will do anything you ask them to do and just have a brilliant time. Then you might have a year nine class where you're doing something completely different and then, and then a year 13 class, for example, or a GCSE. There's It's never boring. You've always got different ages, different abilities and different dynamics within each group. Mm.
0: Now, this is really good to hear. Pip, tell us a little bit about how you got into drama and theatre in the first place.
1: Well, I loved... I love drama from sort of o level that's how old i am o level um and then they didn't do it at my school, so I had to leave because I had to do it at a level, so I found a college and did it there, and then it was a, it was the obvious choice for university, but I wanted to do an academic qualification, so I did a d- degree, but it was very practical so whilst I was writing essays and learning about plays and playwriting and movements in theater, I was um directing stage managing, performing. Everything, you name it, we kind of did everything. Everyone would just get together and say, I've done a play, I've written a play, come and be in my play. Okay, I'll do that when I finish this play. And we just, everyone just wrote plays and devised plays, and it was really exciting. So mm. then when I left, there was lots of talk of us all setting up theatre companies or doing this, and, and then it was really difficult to get work. I did a bit of professional stage management for a while, and then I decided that I wanted to teach. It seemed like the obvious thing to do. So I did a bit of things like Camp America, I did Camp America, and I did, uh, work at pgl so the combination of working with children and drama was kind of an obvious one really so then did my pgc and um 20 years later is it 20 years i've been teaching probably more now uh yeah here i am
0: so that previous experience you were talking about that was during what the 90s and noughties is that right
1: yeah yeah a long time ago now
0: and where was it that you went to school then
1: at school Mm. nottingham i'm -hmm. from nottingham and then university was liverpool
0: Okay. So how did you end up being in Bristol then?
1: My sister lived here and my partner was in South Wales, still at at PGL. So it just felt like a good place to be. And I I visited friends when I was at university myself and I'd come down here and I always admired Bristol and thought it was a really lovely city Mm. to live in. Mm. So when a job came up, that's what happened.
0: Mm. Russ, how about you? What's your background? How did you get into drama and theatre?
2: Uh, well, uh, I am uh, an old Elizabethan. So the theatre is really the reason, uh, not just the theatre here, but the theatre here is a large part of the reason why I got into the theatre. Companies like Nehigh, you know, that recently disbanded but were recently playing huge venues started uh, at QEH theatre the first venue outside of Cornwall that they toured to in this part of the southwest was QEH and so while I was a boarder I got lots of opportunity to have work experience with those professional companies coming in and just absolutely loved it spent a lot probably more time in the theatre than I was doing homework at the time, um, and as a result, went to Brusovick Theatre School uh, to study the technical course there. Um, I then toured, predominantly doing lighting for contemporary dance. Uh, for a little while, and actually, the previous head of uh, drama, director of drama, spotted that I was back off tour and asked if I would cover the technical manager, and I sort of stumbled back into a job because not long after that, that technical manager left, uh, and I applied for the job to come back, uh, and I haven't looked back. Actually, um, you know, it's really nice to be able to use the space with the kind of knowledge of all the professional companies that I saw growing up and thinking, well, what makes it cool for, you know, perhaps the people, you know, how can I show other people what I saw in terms of how you can use the space? And it is it is a really flexible space. So uh, I'd stayed in Bristol uh, just because there's, the, you know, at the time in the late 90s and then early 2000s, there was a really good kind of seeing if you were into technical stuff in theatre. It was easy to get to London, and there was a bit of club work in London there. So it, I guess Bristol was where I've grown up. Uh, my family are actually from York, so I was a, I was a boarder here. So i just very fond of the city. There's a lot going on, really. So mm-hmm. I sort of stayed. Um, I've been here a while now i, I, I don 't want to do numbers
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right let 's not do numbers
2: but it's um, it makes me feel it makes me feel very old but uh yes, I think the the way that the space is now used is really exciting. And that's, from an edu- I think, from an education point of view, we get a lot of freedom with the space. Mm.
0: And you mentioned high Theatre. That's the international touring theatre company from Cornwall. Is that right? Yeah,
1: but, yes. but they are no more.
2: They are no more. No. Um, but yes, yeah, so there are quite a few companies that uh, are now very big. So Improbable Theatre, saw. Uh, I saw a show by Improbable when I was about 15, I'm guessing, called 70 Hill Lane, a ghost story that absolutely blew my mind. It had Puppetry. They made the set out of sellotape as it was going along. Uh, somebody got wrapped in a sheet of copy decks at some point, and it, it it absolutely embodied the that theory of suspending your disbelief and sort of blew my mind. And they're now obviously you know huge, doing kind of external kind of projects at festivals and things like that. In in terms of dance, uh, Henry Agueke, who was a really who is now a really, really highly regarded choreographer, performed with a, you know, a small group in his early days at theatre. So there are, you know, there are all these kind of people that, you know, in the arts we recognise as being very, very big now that were quite small back then. Mm. And on, you know, musically as well, uh, a really, really varied selection of artists that have performed in the space either on the way up or perhaps on the way down maybe don't mention names for that but you know Mm. the, the venue has seen artists at all sorts of different levels and it's it's great to have kind of had that and be able to kind of see what they were doing and try and bring it back into the work we do as a department is really nice along Mm. with the obviously the stuff that we see in trips these days.
0: Mm -hmm. Pip one of the things Russ just mentioned there was his memory of being 15 years old and his involvement with theatre back then um Mm. we we know don't we that as teenagers things things tend to stick more so don't they you know as we as we develop from being children into being young adults the experiences that we go through, we, we tend to remember them much more so and associate feelings and emotions with them as well. How does it feel in your role to be working with children of that age, you know, children who haven't yet become adults, recognising that they'll probably remember these events for the rest of their lives?
1: Well, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, for every show, we, we give everybody a part. We don't turn people away so it, you know it shouldn't be in a school theater just for those who've got talent because obviously there's loads of them but there's plenty who who are just wanting to be part of something that's bigger than themselves so like you say being part of a big show and um, whatever that might be um hopefully will touch them and stay with them and have happy memories Um, And hopefully, you know, I really love if people kind of leave QEH with a love of theatre, regardless of whether they studied it as a subject, regardless of whether they were even any good at it, that they just want to go and see live theatre. And, you know, with Covid, we missed that so much. And I think that even we're living in a digital age that where we can we can go on our phones and we can be entertained for hours with digital things, that there's still a drive and a thirst for live storytelling. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. of all the art forms, it's the most for me, certainly the most precious, the most exciting, the most important, because it's about all of us. And it's about sharing a communal space, breathing the same air as other people in a unique performance that will never be the same the next night. And you can't you just can't beat that at all. Mm -hmm. For me, Mm -hmm. that's just if I go too long without seeing theatre, whether I'm taking students on a trip or it's just personally me going with friends or family, I start to feel. A need to go for me it's just it's, it's as vital as as it can be
0: mm. i guess mm. now i was about to ask you why you feel that drama is so important for young people it feels like you might be sort of touching on that already but why else do you think that drama is is so important for young people today
1: well it's there's so many things it, it teaches them how to work in a group how to negotiate how to compromise how to listen and it teaches them that the 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 creative process is difficult and uneven and they will get there in the end and they will overcome problems they'll be resilient they'll learn what their strengths and weaknesses are regardless of whether they're you know that i guess it's the same with with a lot of art performing sort of subjects but i think it's it's absolutely crucial to them understanding who they are and how they fit into the world
0: Mm -hmm. now russ you're a theatre tech manager what does a theatre tech manager actually do
2: what don't I do? Um, build maybe build set sort of light sound. Hopefully not me. I I we really firmly believe that the students should take ownership of any you know piece of theatre that's in there. So a lot of it these days is really about kind of upskilling students to be able to produce lighting designs or sound or set designs or make props uh, some of it's day-to-day mundane stuff like health and safety and uh, or it might just be you know the past two years there's been quite a lot of adapting things to be digital and then on top of that there's uh some year seven drama and some music tech teaching which is super exciting so it's a real mix and it depends on what shows in we have a range of musical shows as well so there's a lot of movement of equipment that happens between the music department and the theatre which are slightly inconveniently at opposite ends of the school but we sort of make it work when we do a music concert just in terms of swapping the venue around so that it's you know right for whatever is there and then there are talks and lectures that happen as kind of part of day-to-day school life uh visiting speakers who are pretty excited so it's a nice perk of the job that i get to listen to all these excellent we've had explorers antarctic explore explorers in in the last two weeks to talk to the sick form that's quite a nice pleasure when i get to sit in the back and watch them as well um so, yeah, it, it just depends really what's happening that week or that day. And sometimes it changes within hours depending on, you know, what's coming up. So, yeah, varied and exciting for me.
0: And, and I imagine that some of the children that you work with in, in this capacity, you know, I'm thinking that some children in school they are kind of you know born for being center stage and being center of attention other children might enjoy working in that whole environment but maybe they're not quite so confident about being on stage so it gives them the chance to still work in that environment but behind the scenes is that right
1: yeah, absolutely. We've got quite a few. We've got some who like bit of both, actually. They can never quite make their mind up. And they go, Miss, I don't know whether to audition or whether to do crew. And they're never really sure. Um, but yeah, I think there's something for everybody. Um, we've got loads of kids who like helping um, with costume set, stage management. But like Russ said, there's a little team of them now who really are very talented, who really do know how to do the tech and projection and digital mapping and all of that kind yeah. of thing. And they bring their own ideas in. Sometimes they even want to write something or direct something as they get a bit older. But you do see them blossom. Even the ones who are really shy and maybe are really quite awkward when they're younger, you do start to see a huge difference. You look at what they can do in year seven and then when you get to sort of GCSE and A-level, it is actually stunning to see just how much they, they improve if they've done show after show after show and uh, they obviously do their drama lessons and they get to GCSE and then you can suddenly see, oh, wow, we've got, We've got something pretty special here. Sometimes you don't see it straight away. It, it, it takes time,
2: mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think technically, uh, people f- uh, there are students that frequently exceed anything that you would expect from a school um, you know there are in the last couple of years we have we've got you know students that are now award-winning lighting designers uh, an ex-student who's in charge of making sure things don't fall out of the rig at uh, the RSC but they get to a stage by SIT form where they could easily go out into the real world and start designing you know lighting or sound for theatrical performances some of that is because you know they're so good at perhaps music and they've just added some technical skill to that music to enable them to you know record their own stuff and and some of it is just because they're really interested in that kind of backstage side of things um and you know rather than us kind of spoon-feeding them old-fashioned ideas perhaps about how lighting is done historically, which kind of was part of my classical training, I guess, at theatre school. We try and uh, find ways for them to be a bit more uh, liberal with the way that they work with light and sound. And that that frees them up to be more creative and, and therefore they kind of push beyond kind of what you would expect if you were doing it formally as a kind of school subject. So uh, as an extracurricular thing, it's, I guess Mm. it's, it becomes much bigger than just, you know, drama as the subject. It's also kind of more, more, it draws more from other departments as well, I think, which Mm. kind of pushes them. Maybe they, they just kind of go beyond perhaps what you get from just an individual subject in in some ways. But Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know,
0: Tell tell me your favourite or one of your favourite productions to date at QEH.
2: Oh, I think uh, we did a production of uh, Jerusalem a few years ago. and early, really, really, really brilliant, uh, really excellent cast and team of uh, students helping backstage and a huge level of commitment from everyone. But the conversation started with Pip saying it requires a caravan. Can we do a caravan? <laughs> uh, so uh, over the course of a few weeks behind the curtain during, uh, during lessons, uh, I happily built a caravan on stage, uh, but it was a massive team effort and it worked brilliantly. I think I, think, uh, yeah. I don't
1: know
2: whether that's, I don't know whether that's Pip's uh, example, but for me it was just excellent fun, really challenging yeah. in all the right ways and a brilliant show
1: yeah it was a tough one i had to go to the head teacher and say it's not really a school show because it's not (laughs) uh can we with a little bit of tweaking is it going to be appropriate because it's it's about quite important things and it's quite edgy and it's been a massive success in the west end and at the royal court so we were really unsure i think i thought at one point we'd bitten off more than we could chew but it, it all kind of fell into place and the caravan was amazing and we We had many, many fun times in the caravan, Uh. uh, (laughs) (laughs) sitting in it. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a really amazing thing to do, which is not your your average school show at all.
0: So, I mean, some people would say that if you feel like you've bitten off a bit more than you can chew, then it's probably a good thing because it means you're pushing the boundaries Mm. and that kind of thing.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned the West End as well. What have you seen in the West End that you'd recommend families go along to see?
1: Gosh, we don't actually go to the West End that often. We are going to see Jerusalem, actually, in June, with our year 12 students gets back, and it's considered to be quite possibly the greatest play ever written by quite a lot of people. We haven't. A oh, curious incident at the, the Dog in the Night Time we're actually going to this week. That's on tour again. That is an, that's a national theatre show, but that's a big touring show. That is a brilliant, brilliant show adapted from the book, which most people will have heard of. Um,
2: Warhorse War is Warhorse yeah. out at the moment. No, Warhorse no. is
1: finished now. But we did we did take students to see Warhorse.
2: And if that um, ever comes back, that I think that's a brilliant show. piece of theatre. Lion King. Oh, there's always a, when it's on tour. There's always a music department trip to the Lion King, which is excellent. I gather School of Rock. I didn't go to the Hippodrome the night, but a group of Year Eights went with the music department to see School of Rock. Uh, and I'm told that was absolutely brilliant. So we see a lot of theatre. We do.
1: We're very, very lucky. We see all sorts. We see all sorts of things. And locally, I mean, the Bristol Old Vic, nearly everything they do there is brilliant. And the Tobacco yeah. Factory. We, you know, we're really lucky. It's just on the doorstep here. We're we're mm. just really lucky. And it's so important for students to see live theatre because mm. that's how they get inspired. Because they go, I want to do, I want to do that.
0: Yeah, no, I see. I see. And actually seeing it gives them the option to then consider whether or not they might want to do it. That's a really good point. Yeah. And some of the people who are listening to this podcast episode right now, some of them I imagine are are, are properly into theatre. Some of them will love musicals, but some people tend to really hate musicals. Now. I actually love musicals, but what would you say to someone who who says that they don't like musicals at all? Is there anything you'd recommend that they go and see and just go and check out?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of musicals probably aren't that great. You have to pick your musicals, pick a good one that perhaps has got something to say, because a lot of them, I think they can get very tired. They're in the West End for years and years, and they run and run and run, and they become this well-oiled machine, but then they start to lack vigour and life and I think mm. that might be a reason why people kind of struggle with some of the big the big ones.
0: What would you recommend in that case?
1: I'm not, I have to say, I'm not a fan. I like directing them, but I wouldn't choose to necessarily watch, watch one personally because I think there's too much theatre out there for me. I just want to see plays, I suppose, personally. But doing them with a group of kids is brilliant fun because they're all singing the songs and so on. And we did Our House, our house we? was great because your music's obviously it's madness musical, so the music is already pre written and whatever. And we we that was really fun, I think. Um, Matilda's meant to be good fun,
2: I think. Uh, I think Hamilton, Hamilton uh, yeah. is uh, when it's out, is, is pretty hard to beat. Um, yeah, I still, I still think Lion King takes a bit of beating, uh, from the point of view of just you know the sheer spectacle of it. I think it's it's great, and I think it, it works across all ages really Um, whether you're into you know music from a really good percussion point of view or whether you're uh, you've got younger than you know younger than senior school age children that want to see something that just looks visually brilliant Uh, although there are moments that might be a little bit scary for really young children but I think it's just for me, the Lion King kind of has a bit of everything that a musical should have. It's got a bit of the kind of peril that you want from drama. It's got some fantastic music and you know, visually, it's incredibly colourful. There are puppets. So it has some of the elements that we quite like from kind of smaller scale theatre, but just on a bigger scale. So if if you'd never been to a musical and Lion King was in town, I'd definitely put that on the list. Um, And if you're a bit perhaps more mature and discerning, perhaps Hamilton and an appreciation for American history, perhaps Hamilton's the way forward. And then I guess you're into your lay Mis's, which is just, you know, seeing something that is, you know, historically in theatre land, a huge, you know, piece of work, you know, you can't sort of i don't know how you don't see it at some stage i guess
0: (laughs) okay well we're going to need to bring this podcast episode to a close in a moment but if anyone's heard anything and they want to find out more about the world of of drama and theater at school how could they go about doing that
1: Oh, well, they just get in touch, send an email, get in touch or come and have a look round. Um, we, we can have, you know, show you around and talk to you about what we do in the department. Did you mean from a sort of academic uh, point of view or? No,
0: I, I just mean for any parents that are listening, just want to find out more about really what the drama and theatre provision is at QEH.
1: Yeah, I think I think a tour of the, the department yeah. would probably be the way to do that
2: yeah and come you know come and watch a show the shows are open you know even if you're not you know even if you're not a parent at the school you can phone the school office and you can come and watch a show but that's a great way of doing it or if your son or daughter for that matter is at the school and they have an interest in some aspects of theatre but they perhaps don't do it as a subject tell them to just come down and have a chat you know we're not we will never turn anyone away from a Mm. from a performance we'll find a way of getting you involved pretty quickly
0: that's perfect well look pip director of drama and russ theater tech manager thank you both for your time thanks for being here and opening up this world of drama and theater to us all today thank you
1: thanks very much thank you thanks
0: so that was Pip Hockenhull, Director of Drama, and Russ Cope, Theatre Tech Manager, talking all about the world of drama and theatre at QEH. Thank you both of you for giving up your time over lunch to talk to us today. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.